It's looking a little frustrating right now for the Croatian sensation and Wildcat fans. We need to go ahead and accept the fact that Zvonimir Ivasic may not be coming to play for UK this season. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what is going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Daw, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, we are going to be discussing the status of Big Z, the Croatian sensation, Zvonimir Ivasic, apparently he's having some trouble getting into UK, and it's become very frustrating to both the coaching staff and Big Z himself. Also going to be recapping Kentucky's 44-14 victory over the Ball State Cardinals. A lot of good things, a lot of interesting things, I think, that we need to take away from that game as they head into their second contest against EKU. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. You can go to birddogs.com slash college or enter promo code LockedOnCollege for a free water bottle with any purchase. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. Once you put them on, we promise you. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. I want to remind everybody out there that we are free and available on all platforms. If you want to check out my written work about the Wildcats, you can head over to wildcatstoday.com. Zvonimir Ivasic is the unicorn that the Wildcats ended up landing just a few weeks ago out of Croatia. A seven foot two big man that can handle the ball. He can shoot it. He can defend. He can do all these different sorts of things. Fans really excited about what he could bring to the staff or could bring to the roster, I should say, uh, this upcoming season. The staff has been working really hard to get him uh, approved to come to school to Kentucky, and apparently there's been a little bit of holdup thanks to the admissions department. Matt Jones of KSR reported recently that uh, Big Z is just simply uh, able to speak four different languages, and UK's admissions office does not accept that. I'll read the quote here from Matt Jones' blog post on KSR. If you want to go check this out, I believe it's on KSR.com. You can go check it out on On3 as well. The issue is one of UK or is one of UK admissions at this time blocking his admission to the school. This is what Jones wrote. I've been told that the University of Kentucky and almost all major universities require an English equivalency exam in order to gain admission to the school. Ivasic has passed such an exam, but it isn't one that is accepted by the university. There is another form of test that he hasn't passed yet, and at this point, the university is preventing him his enrollment until it is passed. Without admission, he can't be granted a student visa to America, and as of this morning, none of those things have happened. This was on September 4th, I believe, when Matt Jones wrote this blog post. So it's been a couple of days now, Big Z trying to get into UK as a student, admissions office blocking him from entering because they uh, he has not passed the English test that they want him to take, even though there are several uh, things on record online where you can go and look and you can see Ivasic clearly speaking English. Again, like I mentioned earlier, the man can, meet, can speak four different languages. Um, UK admissions just apparently denies that and just says, nope, you can't do it until you pass our test. Uh, so it's been a very frustrating time, I think, for 
fans that are starting to learn about this for this coaching staff. Jones mentioned that in his blog post article as well, that there's also a belief that the process is becoming irritating to not just the coaching staff, but uh, Ivasic himself. And there are, quote, some worries that if it doesn't get resolved ASAP, he may look, and that's Ivasic here, in another direction immediately. So if Kentucky doesn't get this solved soon, they may be without the Croatian sensation, period. This is one of those situations where I'm not going to sit here, I'm not going to bash UK because they've got their rules. I, I, I understand that. But I will sit here for a moment and just talk about the fact that it's clear. I, I think that Zvonimir can speak multiple languages. He can compete. He can uh, very coherently um, talk in, in English. I think it's very obvious uh, at this point. And the fact that UK is still adamant uh, a school with a 94% acceptance rate is still adamant that he's got to take another test in order to get in, um, I think is kind of silly. Again, I understand that their rules are their rules, but it's it feels like it feels a little silly, especially considering what Zvonimir means to the university for what seems to be one or two seasons. Uh, to quote Cardell Jones, I'm not coming here to play school. That's the only thing I'm going to say about the admissions office. But what I will say here is that if it's not quickly resolved, we could see Zvonimir go play college ball somewhere else because he's set on playing college basketball this season. And there are a lot of other programs out there that know how to get their guys in here whenever they're asking for international players. I'm just saying if UK drops the ball on this, it will be it will be very disappointing, and it'll be even more disappointing as Vonamir ends up going to another school within the SEC. Now, I don't necessarily know how likely that is to happen. I'm not suggesting anything here. I'm just trying to point out the different things that could end up happening if Vonamir is not accepted uh, to come play for the Wildcats. And let's just say for a second that he isn't. Let's say UK admission stiff arms him and sends him a letter that they assume he can't read in English and says. You can't come because you can't pass our English test. A little ridiculous, I think. Kind of stupid. But let's say that that ends up happening. Is Kentucky going to be okay? I think that they are going to be fine without him. Although I want to make it very clear. I think that they would prefer to have him this season. Especially given the current situation with their depth. With the Wildcats' depth and the front court, of which I want to dive into here real quick. So you've got three different players that I think you could feel comfortable playing at center, which is where I think Zvonimir would play. Seven foot two, he can handle the ball. Obviously, we've talked about his skill set here on the show, but I think that you would feel more comfortable instead of the four having him at that five spot. I don't think he would start. I think he would rotate in. So you're looking at a rotational player that you're losing out of your center center position. you got three players. Aaron Bradshaw, Uganda Onyenzo, and Trey Mitchell. We'll start here at the top with Aaron Bradshaw because I think it's the easiest to kind of talk ourselves through. Bradshaw at seven feet, uh, seven feet tall, he's not going to be playing center for Kentucky unless they absolutely have to have him do so. He's going to play the four. Coach Callis said that. Bradshaw said that. Uh, Aaron Bradshaw is coming here to play power forward for Kentucky. If they need him to, given his versatility, given his height, he can play center. There are going to be a lot of lineups, I think, that Kentucky throws out there this season where it will be pretty unclear who's your four and who's your five because of the mixing and matching that you can do. It doesn't really matter. I think that you can put Bradshaw at the five if you want to. But as of right now, there's a bit of an injury concern. Uh, as of, I believe, just a couple of days ago, 
um, Onyenzo, Bradshaw, and Mitchell, other players were at a Kentucky volleyball game, and uh, Bradshaw was seen without a boot. Onyenzo was seen with one. One would like to assume that Bradshaw will be ready and available for the season opener whenever that rolls around in November. But I, I think he's going to be fine. You've got one player there that could rotate in at center if you need him to. The second player here is Onyenzo. He put on weight. He added strength this offseason. He projects out as a strong defensive presence that will continue to develop, I think, his offensive skill set uh, throughout the year. As of right now, I think it's unclear whether or not Kentucky wants to start him. Again, we're talking about losing a rotational player, so I think that Onyenzo kind of fits the mold. You could start him. You could absolutely start him if you want to because of his height, because of what you may see out of him. If he has taken that next step this summer, I think that that's perfectly fine. But to go back to Bradshaw's issue, it's the same here with Uganda. You've got some problems uh, in terms of, you know, foot injuries. And he's still in a boot right now. And what happens here over these next couple of months is still, I think, up in the air, regardless of how this coaching staff portrays the injury, whether or not he's back healthy and practicing, healthy, quote-unquote, I think doesn't really matter until we get to see him actually on the floor and how he operates if he gets on the floor is what I'm kind of saying here, too. Onyenzo, I think, though, even if he's, let's say he's not ready to go. Let's say he's not ready to go. Kentucky is going to have to have a next man up there at the center position. Um, and, and if Onyenzo's not ready to play, it's Trey Mitchell. And I think, honestly, because of his veteran experience and his versatility, Mitchell's probably going to start for Kentucky to begin the season, at the very least begin the season. And we've talked about how valuable I think Trey Mitchell is to this team. He can defend, he can shoot, he can pass, he can do a lot of different things. He's a leader. He's very high uh, in ba I think he's a very smart person, high basketball IQ. Um, I, I think that he's going to be just fine. The question with Mitchell is whether or not Kentucky wants to throw him out there for extended, extended periods, periods of time against taller teams that may have stronger paint presences. That's something we're going to have to talk about when we get into matchups here in this non-con slate. By the time those serious ones rolls around, or roll around, where you have like in North Carolina where you have to play Armando Baycott, right? I think Kentucky is going to have it figured out with Onyenzo, and they're going to be able to rotate him in there if if need be. If not, you've got 6'9 Jordan Burke sitting there um, that you could throw in there, and I just I don't know if Kentucky really wants to do that. They'll probably, knock on wood, no more injuries. They'll probably stick with Trey Mitchell and Bradshaw until things uh, until things get better there. So I think Kentucky's got three different players here that they could rock with. Mitchell, Onyenzo, Bradshaw. Injuries obviously pending for a couple of those guys. We'll see matchup-wise how UK wants to do it. I think that they would be okay. I think that they would be okay with doing that this season. I just don't know if they would be preferred, especially with a guy like Zvonimir um, potentially waiting to come join your roster. So if you've got any thoughts on the Big Z situation, if you've got any uh, any opinions on Kentucky's front court and whether or not they would be okay or not okay without him, you can leave that in the YouTube comments below. All right, I want to get into Kentucky's victory over Ball State this weekend. 44-14 to was the final score. Kentucky hitting the, uh, I believe, covering there in the final minute or so of the game. I want to dive into that in just a second. Before we do that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs make you look really, really Good. They have stretch khaki shorts that are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and give your leg a truly sculpted look. I'm not going to stand up here and make it awkward, but I actually have my navy and white bird dog shorts on right now. Extremely comfortable. You can do a lot of different things 
in them, whether it be exercise, you know, casual wear out on the go, if you want to lounge around in the house, if you want to get some of those stretch khaki shorts or pants, I think you could absolutely wear them to work events. I think they're really, really good. They do the same thing that Lululemon does, but I believe they do it better. They fit way better than regular shorts. They made them that stiff, restricting cotton. And Bird Dogs fixed that issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. You can go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnCollege and enter promo code LockedOnCollege at checkout for a free water bottle with your order. That is birddogs.com slash LockedOnCollege for a free water bottle at checkout. You have got to try these bird dogs, and once you put them on, you will not want to take them off. I promise you. All right, continuing along here on the Tuesday edition of Locked On Kentucky, Lance Dahl hanging out here with you. Really appreciate you guys making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. If you have any questions for the show, you can leave it in the YouTube comments below or you can hit me on the socials at Locked On UK. All right. Victorious were the Kentucky Wildcats this past weekend, 44 to 14 over the Ball State Cardinals. There are several things that I would like to dive into here, some good, some bad, about Kentucky's performance. The first thing I want to get to here, when it comes to breaking down some of the issues that Kentucky had last year, I said in the preview episode, Kentucky was going to have to do several things, I think, in the trenches to impress, to make me feel better about this year's team compared to last year's. I said that we really needed to see them run the ball better. I think they needed to pass protect a lot better. And we needed to see Kentucky create consistent holes for that running game. Well, I am very pleased to report that while the Wildcats did not really run the ball a ton, their yards per carry was excellent this day. Ray Davis finished with 112 yards rushing. That was eight yards a pop, two touchdowns. He had that late touch uh, or late run uh, to give Kentucky that 44-14 victory. Uh, I believe that's what allowed Kentucky to cover the 26.5-point spread there at the very end. Kentucky ended up finishing with 116 rushing yards on 5 point, or that's 5.8 yards per attempt, two touchdowns. Utah McLean had four carries for nine yards. Devin Lear, two for negative five. I believe he got sacked once. Um, Kentucky's offensive line, while they were not elite running the football, I think that they statistically were, were, were fine. I, I think that they were good, and I honestly would not expect to see a significant drop-off against most competition this like, um, upcoming season. We just didn't see a whole lot of warning signs. I, I just don't think that the, the offensive line was bad. Now, could it have gotten better? Absolutely. I think that there are several things that Kentucky could have done better this uh, this past weekend. I think the biggest thing that we that we need to see them do better is uh, is in with quarterback play. I'll just go ahead and say it. Devin Leary did not look that good on Saturday. There were a lot of missed throws. There were a lot of miscues. You don't like to see the interception coming out the gate against Ball State. Of course, we've seen that with Will Levis for two years in a row where just every single game felt like a turnover was waiting to happen. 18 of 31, 241 yards, one touchdown, one pick, a QBR of 44.7. Uh, there were a couple of different moments early in this game where I was really happy. That first throw uh, of the of the afternoon, actually, I believe, right down the middle, I believe it was to Dane Key to pick up a first down. Kentucky was moving the ball early on that drive, had to settle for a field goal. Uh, I, I liked the accuracy at times. The, the, the whiffing on several different throws was just not what you want to see, especially against a team like Ball State that I'm just not that confident in their back end. 
it is what it is. I, I think with Devin, I think he's going to get better as he continues to create more cohesion and chemistry with these receivers. I think it's going to be okay. I think the offense is going to be okay. The fact that you scored 44 is good. It's good. You scored over 40 points. Let's 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 see if we can do that again against EKU this weekend. I think that before we move on to some of these other takeaways, I want to briefly share my thoughts on something uh, that has to do with, with college football and the rule changes. So if you're unaware, college football, the NCAA, or whoever it was, they, ins- they installed a rule this season where from here on out, unless it is within two minutes the final two minutes of the half, I'm not I'm not sure if it's the, the quarter or the half, I believe it's the half, after first downs, the clock will continue to run. In the past, whenever a team got a first down, it would the clock would stop before they got the ball set, and then they would wind the clock, and they would roll it again. Uh, that will not be the case this upcoming season, and we've already gotten to see through a small sample size of games just how much that has harmed pacing, I think, and it has harmed, I think, statistics. I think you're going to see a significant drop in statistics this upcoming season when it comes to plays per game, yards per game, touch uh, points per game. When You're going to see, I think, a drop offensively because of how many plays the clock continuing to run is going to take away from offenses that want to play it slow or don't really have a choice and have to play it slow. You're going to see, I think, numbers really take a dip and I will need to see a decade's worth of of numbers here to kind of feel comfortable comparing data to seasons past so I'm going to go ahead and say this we are probably going to see Kentucky be better on offense this season but I don't necessarily know if we're going to statistically see a significant jump as we were kind of talking about this summer because of what this rule change is going to do. And I'm not saying it's going to cut down their points per game in half. I'm not saying anything like that. I'm just saying you're going to see it affect it. You're going to see it slow things down. Um, And when it comes to the production that these guys put out, and I'm not necessarily a big fan of it. I I don't like the way that the, the, the trend of college football where everything is kind of molding into the NFL, I think that's kind of what gave it kind of its value, its shine, is that it was a different product. That's what it is now. It just feels like a product. Uh, to quote UCLA's Chip Kelly, I hope that guys run a lot more commercials during these breaks because there are certainly going to be plenty of them. Yeah, I, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of this rule, and it's really, I think, going to do a number on what Kentucky offensively wants to do this season alongside the rest of college football. So I've got a couple more takeaways here from this game. Before we get to those, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at FanDuel. It's a great time now, right now, to go over to FanDuel. You can get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel. That's America's number one sports book because right now, new customers can bet $5, just 5 bucks, and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you don't want to miss. That is FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. All right, wrapping up the Tuesday edition of Locked On Kentucky Lance Dahl. 
hanging out here with you. Appreciate you making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. A couple of more takeaways here. Barry and Brown, uh, obviously, with the kickoff return, you love to see the special teams. Man, oh man, oh man, I'm so glad Kentucky special teams looked good in this game. Brown had a 99-yard kickoff return on special teams and three catches for 39 yards, and he called it. I believe earlier this week, it might have been earlier this offseason, that he said week one, he's going to get a tutty return. And sure enough, he got that 99 yards, uh, just beautiful stuff on the special teams from Kentucky. I think the second thing that we need to bounce to here real quick is Kentucky and Andrew Stefaniak, writer at Wildcats today, put out an article about this. Kentucky has a kicker. Finally, they've got a kicker who can split the uprights. Alex Rayner is uh, the new kicker for the Wildcats. He kicked for Georgia Southern last season. He was 18 of 20 on field goals. And in his first game wearing Kentucky blue, Rayner was 3 of 3, including a 41-yard kick and two 46-yard field goals. We've really been hurting recently when it comes to special teams for the Wildcats. Uh, according to Andrew Stefaniak, Rainer's never made a kick of 50 yards or more in his college career, but he said he is comfortable up to 55, made all five of his extra points as well. That's something that you can't take for granted. Whew. Kentucky actually being able to do something on special teams, make their field goals, is phenomenal. And if Rainer can keep it up, I think that it will greatly help the Wildcats in a lot of their tough contests this upcoming season. Shout out to Barry and Brown. Shout out to Alex Rayner for having great performances on Saturday. Another player that I want to highlight that had a really good performance, Dane Key, almost had 100 yards receiving in this game. Five receptions, 96 yards, 19.2 yards per catch. He had the lone touchdown, a 44-yard strike from Devin Leary uh, as well. On top of that, good stuff. Good stuff from Dane Key. I expect to see more out of him, Brown, and Tavion Robinson. Uh, Robinson also had 38 yards receiving on three catches, Brown three yard, uh, three catches, 39 yards receiving. Kentucky getting that uh, fumble return touchdown was also really refreshing as well. Get to see Kentucky pick something up, scoop and score. Uh, can, let's let's continue to do that. Let's continue to work on that turnover margin. Did not get an interception today, uh, or that day rather on Saturday, but I think that Kentucky's secondary is probably going to work some of those up uh, this fall. You got to do that. You got to create more turnovers than you did last season, and they were able to get that done uh, this uh, this past weekend. I think the biggest negative thing that I have to take away from this game is the third down defense. This is actually something that can uh, Andrew Stefaniak wrote about. Third down efficiency for Ball State. They were 9 of 17 on third down. That is not what you want. Just plain and simple. 38 minutes in time of possession for the Cardinals. That is just simply not what you want to do. For Kentucky to score 44 points, and only 21 minutes of action, obviously, the defensive touchdown, the uh, the uh, special teams touchdown, aiding that significantly. Uh, you, you like to see it. You don't, you, you want to be able to control the ball, I think, a little bit more than the Wildcats did this off, uh, this, uh, this past, uh, this past weekend. And um, 9 of 17 is not where you want to be. And I, I think the biggest thing is, is Ball State's passing. Lane Hatcher only threw eight passes in this game, and I believe they had to bring in the backup, Caden uh, Simonza, I believe is his name. Overall, the passing offense for Ball State was 22 of 30, 223 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. They did not really throw the ball long. Their longest catch of the day was 27 yards. Ty Robinson was the leading receiver for Ball State. They didn't really throw it long. But for Kentucky to give up that efficiency, I guess is a word you could say, 
is not exciting to see. You have to be able to get more stops on third down. The pass rush has to be able to create more havoc, create more chaos. I believe Kentucky had three sacks in this game. That's good. And eight tackles for loss. That's good. You need to be able to affect some of these throws a little bit more and affect some of these runs as as well. And I think they really did that. They stopped the run well, but they need to continue to put an emphasis on third down defense, getting off the field. If not, that could become a big problem uh, this upcoming season. So those are all my thoughts from the game on Saturday. I liked how some of the skill position players played. Overall, I was pleased. Some things that you need to work on. Devin Leary, the third down defense. I think continuing to run the football is big as well. Um, finding ways to score with with this uh, this new clock rule in the, in college football. If you have any thoughts on Kentucky football's performance against Ball State, if you've got any opinions on what they could do this weekend against EKU, you can leave all of that in the YouTube comments below. And that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Lance Dahl underscore, and you can follow the show over on Instagram. That is at Kentucky podcast any questions comments and concerns once again leave them in the youtube comments below hit me on the socials i will see you all tomorrow for another episode of locked on kentucky have a great rest of your day and god bless